Pause Up Podcast, episode 46. My name is Kevin Brawl, your host, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Jake Gibson. We have a lot to talk about today. We have a lot to talk about today. FIU football, FIU basketball, FIU baseball, and and on top of that, FIU swimming and diving. We have a lot to to go through today (laughs) for the news break as well. Um, Tomorrow, the Panthers take on the New Mexico State Aggies. And basketball, that is the first home conference game. A lot going on at, on campus as well. Panther Power doing a big giveaway with Chick-fil-A. A lot of uh, cool pants. So, Well, I didn't even hear this. Now I'm very excited for this episode. I, yeah, I forgot to send you to. But, yeah, if you go on their Instagram, our good friends at uh, Panther Power uh, doing some cool giveaways there. But, Jake, what's up? A lot to get into today. We're talking about four players that are entering the NFL – that are declared for the NFL draft for yeah. FIU. Previewing a little bit of baseball, going into – a uh, little thoughts on the Jacksonville State game that you were able to watch. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, just proving what's coming up at FIU Athletics. A little, you know, we we talked about we need to do these type of podcasts. And uh-huh. I know it's the second straight week, but it definitely feels like it's a needed other week. Uh, we were supposed to have uh, – I'll, I'll mention it. I don't care. We're supposed to have Jonathan Abar on the podcast, but unfortunately he was not available this week. Um, so we're doing this today. And it's a cool little episode, you know, talk a little bit about yeah. the NFL and who's – Possibly going to go up to the next level for FIU. First player to possibly get drafted since, I believe, 2020. Yeah, you know, get, it's nice to get some – we'll get some FIU basketball content next week, don't you guys? Well, we're going to get some content tomorrow, of course, because all of us are going to be at the game tomorrow. But even even before we get started, how about how about that up, updated intro, Kevin? It's nice to get some new clips finally. For, That's super uh, for, cool, especially for, the Guido one. For our friends at, FI, at all um, FIU for, you know, FIU football. Uh, uh, baseball, basketball, and soccer. We need we need to do a bit of updating, a bit of housekeeping for the new year. I thought that was a great way to um, uh, start it off. But yeah, like you said, it, it it's really cool to see the um, to see these FIU players uh, have a chance to go to the big leagues. You know, the, doesn't get any bigger in football than the NFL, and and all these guys have worked super hard during their time with FIU, and and all of them are are, are deserving to find spots somewhere in the NFL for what they've done. And we're going to talk about that real quick, but uh, it, it's it's a cool time, but it's also a sad time because because the, the, all this talk means that football is just about over, man. It's uh, ugh, It sucks. It sucks. Yeah. National championship game was honestly disappointing for the most part. We can talk about that a little bit. It, it got a fun good, first half. Yeah, yeah, it was a very fun first half, and then kind of we noticed that Michigan – and I, I didn't tell. I don't think I told you this. I think I may have, but I, I said these are two very good offenses, Washington yeah. and Michigan. Very fun game, but it's. I think it ended up being which defense would have stepped up the most. And yeah, I mean, you saw it against Alabama. Michigan's defense is certainly one of the best. So um, Michigan, not not to mention Washington's run defense. Oh my goodness, they just could not stop the uh, that Michigan that Michigan back. I forget his name. He had like two almost two hundred yards and two touchdowns. Man, dude, Michigan had their way on yeah. offense. And, hey, John uh, Harbaugh, John, yeah, John Harbaugh. I think yeah, it is. John Harbaugh. Finally John gets Harbaugh the natty. Gets his natty and gets probably his way to the NFL, probably with the the Chargers. I know the Las Vegas Raiders were also interested in him. So yeah, a bunch of teams, you know, have, have empty spots. You know, Atlanta, I think uh, Tennessee just fired their coach. You just uh, hope it works, though. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I think about yeah. it. I mean, look at how it worked for Urban Meyer. Obviously, different situation. John Harbaugh yeah. actually went to the Super Bowl. He led the 49ers there, but mm-hmm. – you know, never know what happens there, and obviously, oh, yeah, you don't have to touch on it too much. But Nick Saban retiring, I mean, Miami legend one year with the Dolphins, I think it was. So yeah, it was not yeah. a great year with the Dolphins, but uh, yeah, but you know, he's he's obviously done a lot for college football. I believe he played FIU once, and you know, like in the mid two thousands, I want to say, and you know, 
as he usually does, kicks the kick the crap out of out of G five. It, it is what it is, but um, yeah, you know, uh, just uh, a lot of coaching shakeups all all around both pro football and college football. It's nice to have a bit of longevity with our coach, of course, Mike McIntyre. Hoping he and this team have an amazing twenty twenty four. We even have some news about twenty twenty four coming up in news break, but. Today's all about the um, the uh, members of FIU who put in the hard work this season, who set some records even, and uh, de- have declared the NFL draft. It's not easy to get drafted. As a matter of fact, it's it's it's, it's almost impossible for some people, especially if you're not from a, a big-name college, you know, like a big-name Power 5 uh, college. But FIU has had some players in their history drafted. A lot have gone undrafted and have, and have found success in the NFL. But, you know, all these players – was undrafted, right? Hmm? T.Y.? Was he T.Y.? I, I want to say uh, T.Y. Hilton was undrafted. Well, but... look for that. FIU 0-2 against Alabama all-time. So they actually had two games. One in 2006, one in 2009. 2006, all, both both in Tuscaloosa. FIU lost 38-30. to 38-3, I'm sorry. That would have been a very fun game if they had. So T.Y. Hilton was a third-round draft pick. Um, wow, the The – Undrafted player that I'm, I'm I'm thinking of I uh, I want to say and, and and I'm gonna quickly double check to make sure I get it wrong or I don't get it wrong was yeah it, it was um wasn't Johnu either Johnu Johnu was also a third round draft Johnu was also picked yeah I remember yeah that yeah one. yeah so yikes man T Y Hilton did not have a very good game against Alabama I'll tell you that much in 2009 <laughs> zero, uh, one one zero receptions for zero yards so. Oh, okay. It was it was Price. Price. Oh, was I'm a liar. Undrafted. That I was thinking it was Devonte Price. Undrafted went to Indianapolis in in, in 2022. But he you was know, hyped up. He was hyped up too. Entering the draft. Was. was one of the better running backs. But all right. So I'm an idiot. I was looking at the rushing stats. Ty had five receptions for 40 yards. So if you care, but who cares? He no, no really, really not. A very fun career. So. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's talk NFL draft. Obviously, that is still ways away but uh, i think this is the best time we could talk about you know the four guys jalen bracy wide receiver uh jack daly defensive tackle donovan manual linebacker and Derek daniel safety so those are the four guys that are and have declared for the nfl draft now that doesn't mean they're going to get selected I'll, I'll hopefully we we're wishing them the best we're wishing them the best of luck hopefully they do get selected and i do think you know i can't believe you know i, I do think some of these guys will get selected uh we could start with jalen bracy jake um yeah, certainly an interesting case. I will let you know right now the official height, the size, and the weight of Bracy. It is correct on the FIU website. So it is 5'10, 199. He uh, spent a lot of time at the FCS level with Mississippi yeah. Gulf Coast. He put up some really good numbers over there. Mm-hmm. I believe he ended up having over a thousand yards receiving, over 10 touchdowns, over 60 receptions with them. And then it comes to FIU, spends two seasons, doesn't see the same amount of action. He got a lot of action per se, but. He, yeah. You know, obviously, when you have Tyrese Chambers in 2022 and then Chris Mitchell in 2023, and along with Dean Patterson, that combo, it's really hard to really get that something going there. But, you know, Bracey, where he did stand out a lot was that his speed, his ability to play the slot, something that FIU really valued in him. And uh, he was a good specialist. I mean, you look at what he did on the kick and punt returns at times, he was pretty good. And then on top of that, I mean, he got some reps in the backfield towards the end of the season against, uh, I think it was Arkansas. And mm-hmm. a little bit of the uh, Western Kentucky game. So, I mean, if there's one thing, and, and I'll let you go into this a little bit after, but if there's one thing that NFL teams will look at Bracey is how, you know, how his versatility. He can do a little bit of everything for you. 
Now, yeah, and you look at the situation, and this was one that I'm very high on. It's Braxton Berrios on the Dolphins. I know you're not very high on his special teams abilities, but he he was a pro bowler for it. He so was. There's yeah. teams that will look into that and will say, you know, even if it's as an undrafted free agent, Jalen Bracey gives you the opportunity to have a special teams guy, a spe- you know, specialist in this case, and someone in the slot, and, you know, there at the time you can play some running back. So, Bracey, you know, I, I do think he brings a lot to the table for NFL teams. This is definitely one of those sixth, seventh round selections. Worst comes to worst. You're an undrafted free agent. You go to a practice squad and you find yourself in a pretty good situation. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, obviously, if you want to really look at um, stats specifically, then you would, would have to go to his time at Mississippi Gulf Coast where he was a very fantastic player. But this guy has longevity, right? He played every game in 2023. Even He even played every game in 2022. And um, I believe his best game as a Panther would, would have been against UConn. Uh, right. Earlier in the season, he had five catches, 90 yards, a touchdown. He even had, he even had a, a rushing attempt as well. I mean, this is a guy that when he gets the opportunity, he has very solid hands. He's fast, right? He's a very fast wide receiver. He's um, He can absolutely uh, – I wouldn't say cook, but he can definitely outrun um, a lot of defensive backs in the backfield. There, he is a uh, obviously he was he was in a he was in a very talented wide receiver room. Of course, all the attention goes to Chris Mitchell because he had a very fantastic season. But you can't count out what Bracy um, has done for this team every now and then. Uh, so, some solid chunk plays here and there, like you mentioned that Western Kentucky game. He also had a very solid uh, a very solid outing. And, and like I said, it's it's nice to have longevity. Um, for a wide receiver, of course, we see a lot of wide, wide receivers in the NFL, unfortunately, go down with injury. But that wasn't really the case for Bracey during his time at FIU. When he was called upon, he was there to do his work, right? And uh, that is something that you want to that you do want to see from a wide receiver. And uh, again, if, if you really want to look at clips of Bracey to see what he can bring to you, uh, I think a good place to start is that UConn game, and it might be the best place to start for his FIU career uh, with 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 you with that uh, that game against UConn. Um, his stats in 2022, you know, don't leave a whole lot to be desired. But uh, again, uh, another very solid wide receiver group. Of course, he had Tyrese Chambers in there in 2022, and of course, this year it was Chris Mitchell. So, um, he, you know, all, all, he was a serviceable receiver. That um, whenever he was throwing the ball, he made the most of it. Got some yards, and um, uh, I, I just think he, he, as you mentioned, he is a very solid slot receiver. It might take him some time. To uh, get snaps in the NFL, he could have, of course, of course, he could have a breakout, uh, a preseason game with um, whoever he gets signed by, and then we'll see where he goes from here. But uh, he's he's a good player. Um, he's someone that we've spoke spoken to before in practices and whatnot. You know, he's he's hungry to work and he's hungry to um, uh, prove himself to uh, the any of the thirty two NFL teams that want to take a chance at him. And he's a great guy, and, and yeah. you know, you meant he's a great guy on, on that as well. And you mentioned, you know, this is a guy who maybe what works out for him is on the special team side of things. You look at, mm-hmm. and obviously, you know, these guys are absolute legends. Bevan Hester, he's of lived course. a very long time off of that. I believe he's a finalist for the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame this up this upcoming. There year. you go, and I know so I, I, I totally think he deserves to be. You go back to the super. You wait, what? Oh yeah, Devin Hester. He absolutely deserves to be. Oh okay, I thought you said he didn't deserve. I was like, yo. Well, I, I mean, if you want to think about 
the best to ever do a certain skill position in the NFL. The the kick and punt returners don't get a whole lot of attention. Uh, I, I know Sanders was good at Deion Sanders was good as was good at those back in the day, but like sort of modern day, what my eyes were able to see was Devin Hester, and it wasn't even close. You do that in a Super Bowl, that is that is ridiculous what he did in that Super Bowl. You have Devin Hester. I know Jacoby Jones was pretty good at it too during his yeah. time. Ravens. I'm missing out on a couple other names. Oof. Uh, Cordell Patterson's pretty good at it. That's yeah. another. That's a more recent comp too. If if you really want to look at it, Braxton Berrios. Okay, I mean, I, I, all right. was Wes Walker a good returner? I I you know I I can't say I can't say a whole lot. That's about a pretty him. good comp too. I I would say if he if he was because I mean I'm, at least slot receiver wise, he was pretty good. So. I, and I think yeah, for the longest time, Kenny Stills was actually a pretty solid Stills, uh, returner. Jarvis Landry, he he kind of dropped off in his last season, but uh, for for the first few seasons when he was with Miami, I thought he was a very good. Juice uh, Landry, uh, yeah, Jarvis. of course, Jarvis Landry. Um, Especially at the pun return side of things, he was pretty damn good. So yeah, and I know this is one thing that you do mention, and we could talk about it a little bit. It's just the state of kickoffs and this type of stuff because nowadays and even with yeah. games, you don't see it as much too anymore you don't see guys actually going for the ball you just see them yeah. fair catching it which they're catching it you know complete the value of the kickoff but it you know at the end of the day you got to think about it it's kind of a how do i say it it's an iconic type of it's traditional right it, it's traditional, traditional. exactly the NFL, and the nfl is a league that absolutely uh, revolves around tradition but you know you see leagues like the the uh, the xfl and the usfl i know they just merged to the, U, to the UFL, they both sort of had um, rule sets where all drives just straight up started at the uh, at the 25. Obviously, you still had punt returns, but uh, kickoffs, like uh, uh, to begin the game, to begin the second half, and and, to, and right after scoring drive, you, you just immediately started the 25. I think it saves time. I think it's obviously a lot safer. You don't risk injury in um, uh, uh, through kickoffs. But regardless, uh, I, I I don't think it's something that's leaving the NFL for uh, for a while. So. Yeah, you always want someone who's good at it, and and maybe that's what what that's what um, uh, Bracey can bring to a, to a, to an NFL squad. And obviously, this is not a Miami Dolphins podcast, but that's when I, that's where I tell you you can't say Braxton Berrios is bad at it because what what he wanted the guy to do run into the, run past the touchdowns the end zone and just catch the ball. I mean, you can't do much. He's more. also the punt returner too, and maybe it's just maybe it's because we're all salty because what we saw in that Buffalo game where Buffalo got a punt return touchdown that pretty much. But yeah, again, I, I wouldn't say he's bad at it. I mean, obviously he was a he was a Pro Bowler at one point for it, so you got to give him credit where credits due. But anyways, if you had to predict, what do you think? What do you think, Bracey, If he were to go in the draft, where do you think he goes, or do you think he ends up being an undrafted free agent? Where he goes, it's going to be tough. Uh... What round? What round? Not what team? Okay, <laughs> what team would no, be what team that's, we, we, I don't know. What round? I think he could be a sixth or seventh, if not undrafted. Um, obviously, obviously, every team wants good receiving talent to help out their quarterbacks, and obviously, like we mentioned, to help out their special teams. So, if, if there's a lot of teams in the NFL that really have a need for that, then I would say that there's a good chance he gets in the either the late sixth or early seventh. Okay, I I would agree with you. So. Let's go to the next guy. This is certainly an interesting case. And this is a guy I'm actually pretty confident will get selected, in my opinion. Yeah. Daly. Mm -hmm. uh, what he brings to a team, it's pretty good. I mean, and I'll circle back. I wrote an article on him in Sports Illustrated. And I'm going to go actually to look for it. Well, because, man, was Jack Daly a very good player at Bryant? 
So yeah, he, that, he was that that's exactly why FIU, FIU wanted him. They they played they they saw him when they took on Bryant uh last year to begin the season. Of course, his stats speak for himself with Bryant. Uh no, he was he was an absolutely uh, uh fa- he was a fantastic player then. He was a very again a very serviceable player with FIU, just like we talked about with Bracey. Bracey, he played the whole season, right? That's very important for your defense to have players that can play all 12 games of football. Obviously, that goes up to 17 in the NFL, but you want longevity in that position uh, almost as much as you want longevity in like the quarterback or the uh, receivers or running backs. You you need to, uh, uh, a deep players on defense that you can rely on to be there. And uh, when he, when he was, he was here um, at FIU, the stats don't say a whole lot, but the eye, he passes the eye test. He was a, he was very good at, 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 at tackles at, at stopping the run. Of course um, he, he, he was assisted with, with the absolutely incredible linebacker group that FIU had with Peterson and Manuel. So um, yeah, man, he is a, he, a very similar story to Bracey serviceable and he was always there. So uh I don't know what else needs to be said about a, about a resume to the NFL. Both those things are very important. And on top of that, you look at just his size. So yes. funny enough, not funny enough. I mean, he earned it, and he is the only FIU player participating in the Hula Bowl, which is, I mm-hmm. believe, one of them. So there's this obviously the Reese's Senior Bowl, which is the best of the best, and then I believe right after that, it's the Hula Bowl. So he is participating yeah. in that. We'll talk about Donovan Mandel a bit, who's also participating in a. We had seen people from the Hula Bowl at a few FIU games this season, right? Like some, like some, some members showed exactly. up. Exactly, yeah, and they're there to watch. At the time, it was Chris Mitchell, obviously, but uh, aside from that, Jack Daly, Hula Bowl invite, and he, you know, I, I thank him because he did give me his official size and weight, or his, his highs, which is six five, three hundred fifteen pounds. So that is huge. I mean, Jake. And one of the big things entering 2023 was Jack Daly mm-hmm. with FIU. You think about the 3-4 scheme that they're running. That was the second year this past season. Yeah, Daly fits in perfect because he's that zero technique, nose guard type player that's right in the middle, lining up with the center. And he did it so well that FIU brought in another player to do it as well. And Cole Gustafson, who uh, right. from the Juco level. But looking at Jack Daly in his four years with Bryant, he had 104 total tackles. Uh, six sacks, 23 tackles for loss. I mean, you can't ask for anything better from Daly in terms of what he did. And uh, with FIU, obviously, I, I think you mentioned it, stats don't speak for themselves, but he was pretty good. 25 total tackles. He had 1.5 sacks, three tackles for loss. It was just mm-hmm. one season of action. But I do wonder, what if Daly had been with FIU from the beginning? Maybe yeah. he could have gone to the Power 5 level, but he has the size of weight and weight to do to be a disruption in the middle of your defensive line. You can mm-hmm. put him on one-on-one situations, especially with uh, I believe I would say guards and and centers or tackles. I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. you know that was it's definitely something that you got to mention. You know, yeah. That, if you want to look at the games where he made the biggest impact for FIU, it could be both the Sam Houston game where he got his only sack of the season. He also had like five five total tackles against Jacksonville State, so some very good stuff there. You know, prior to the season, he was a, uh, a preseason All Conference USA third team, so he had some recognition going into this year. But his time with Brian, of course, his time with Brian was absolutely insane. He was it was an All Northeastern Conference first team selection, back to back seasons, twenty twenty one or twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. He was. Uh, he, he was very dominant then, and again, that's the reason why FIU took a chance with him. And I, in 2020, 21, 2021, and 2022, and then he okay. went to the pre, uh, Phil Steele preseason all-conference USA third team in 2023. 
So okay, yeah. he definitely right. has the accolades to speak for his own name. And mm-hmm. I mean, look at the FCS level. And it's hard to cut you off a little bit, but look at Joe Flacco, what he's doing. I mean, this guy. January Joe's a menace, bro. Yeah. I mean, look at Delaware coming soon to Conference USA. Speaking yeah. Of. yeah. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about the schedule soon. But yeah, I mean, that's a, that, that FCS level. There's a lot of guys who come in and have success from the FCS level. Now, I think Daly could be the next player to really have a lot of success from the FCS level mm-hmm. and obviously from FIU. But so, so we'll see. I mean, this is he, he brings what the, the size and and the and he's not a, maybe, maybe he's not the fastest guy. We'll see what that stuff looks like once I, I don't know if he'll go to the combine or not, but you would assume one of those guys goes to the combine, maybe a Donovan Manuel, which we'll get into later. That's certainly I wouldn't say a lock, but you know, we'll get into it. So, yeah. I'll say as far as what 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 round he's getting drafted, I'll say I think it's a similar instance to Bracey. I think he'll go late sixth to early seventh. I mean, obviously he again he passes the eye test just like Bracey. The numbers don't speak for themselves for his time at FIU. So you would have to watch tape from a few years ago, and of course sometimes that raises uh, questions and concerns from NFL scouts. We've talked to them before um, at uh, at FIU games, but yeah, he's another player that absolutely deserves to. Um, have a chance against some other uh, defensive lineman. Just uh, like imagine him uh, learning from like Aaron Donald over in the uh, over in Los Angeles. Like if he if he if he gets selected by the Rams, he can learn so much from a player like like Aaron Donald. You know, uh, it would be very interesting to see um, how his game develops in the next level. I'm actually higher on on Daly than you think in this really? draft. I'm not going to say he's going to be a first round or second round guy, but man, fourth round ish, maybe fifth. Maybe I'm sorry. Like late fourth, early fifth is, is your call. Yeah, but definitely six and seven, I think, are locks for him to go. I mean, I, I can't stress this enough. Size in the NFL is so important. And that's yeah. what he brings. And, you know, I'm not saying that it's because, you know, only size, because he, he does have, he's a very talented player. He's a very strong player as well. So, I, I mean, he has the, the profile, the, the profile of an NFL player. He's a big boy. <laughs> yeah, no, no, without a doubt. Without a doubt. So that's, that's daily. And um, next player we'll get into. What do you want to do? Let's save. Let's have, save. We who we think is going to be the highest for last. Let's start with um, obviously no disrespect to Derek Daniel, who I think we're going to get about right now. But I, I think the player that takes up most of the limelight because of what he did for FIU is Donovan Manuel. So we'll save him to the end. Talk a bit about Derek Daniel, man. What what what, what, what can we not say about this guy? 5'10", 210 pounds. From he's, he is a Florida guy from Gainesville. He. Um, he absolutely had some fantastic games this season as uh, uh, FIU st- starting defensive back. He started to get started in that Louisiana Tech game. Ironically, that may have been one of his best games um, as a Panther. Was that or, or not a Louisiana Tech game in 2022? I meant 2023. But um, yeah, man, he's just another very reliable defensive back that uh, FIU had, uh, especially early on in the season. He was really good, Kevin. He was a re. He had some absolutely amazing games. His games against uh, both Maine and North Texas were some of his best, and and uh, he even he even recorded a couple of sacks this season. Uh, uh, I believe against both UConn and New Mexico State. So, yeah, man, he's a, he's another very solid player. Of course, plays at the safety position. He is a uh, he had his only interception of the season against Louisiana Tech. I would absolutely say to the scouts, look at that Louisiana Tech game. Uh, and, and saw and see what Deverick Daniel did. That was Deverick at his best this season. But granted, he uh, had 11 tackles against Maine, 10 against Arkansas, uh, against that very good Arkansas offense that they had um, in that game. And 
again, this is this is a player we we we've we've talked to. He's done um uh, post post game interviews um at the FIU stadium. And, it was uh, the the main game he did the post game. Yeah, yeah. So he uh, again he 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 passes the eye test. You know that's very important for these NFL scouts, Kevin. Yeah. Um. Deverick Daniel, and one thing that really stands out, and you could see the sacks, and he was third on Panthers in total tackles this season. Obviously, uh, Donovan Manuel with 121, 121 total tackles, Reggie Peterson with yeah. 124, uh, not 100, 104 tackle, total tackles. Then you have Deverick with 78. So um, this is a guy who's a high-pressure safety. He's going to play up there a lot for the most part. They're going to bring him into pressure the quarterback. Now, obviously, he had that pick against Louisiana Tech, which was you know playing back, obviously, in coverage, but – uh, this is a, this is a, certainly a, a fun case in terms of the G5 level. Mm-hmm. Now, I think Dan, and I think he would, I think he did rank amongst like the top 20, top 25, 30-ish Conference USA players in terms of total tackles. So he, he definitely has that, and I believe he had, I believe two or three interceptions on the season. Yeah, he had he had one interception. So it was that one interception against um, Louisiana Tech. So yeah, certainly a fun player. Now, will he get drafted? He's a He's a great guy, but I don't uh, think he can I don't know. Um, I, believe, I believe he is also a, a JUCO product as well, or if not JUCO, FCS. He, he came from Catalba. Catalba, uh, please excuse my probably incorrect pronunciation. It, it, it's a college in North Carolina. Um, but uh, again, an, another player that FIU found found potential talent in and went for him. And uh, he, uh, he turned out to be a very uh, important player on a uh, FIU defense that, of course, sometimes – Especially towards the conference stretch of the season, struggled with the uh, with the deep balls, with with checkdowns, with medium passes, whatever you name it. Uh, they struggled at times. But granted, he uh, again played a whole college football season. He was in every game uh, in twenty twenty three, and uh, that's uh, it's very important when you rack up experience like that going up against some of the uh, very talented wide receivers that Conference USA has. Of course, not to mention. Uh, he he uh, took on an SEC opponent in Arkansas and walked away with double-digit total tackles, which is very impressive, you know. Yeah, uh, and, all, and and also we haven't mentioned it, but there is obviously the XFL. I want to say is not the name or USFL. It, but so both teams merged, and it's now known as the UFL, the United Football League. However, both both leagues are now going to be like essentially conferences. You're going to have the XFL conference. And the USFL conference, each with four teams, but it's 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 been merged and it's the U the UFL. Well, I think there you go. That's still a great opportunity for players. It's a very high level league as well. So no, absolutely. I mean, if it's not the NFL, you have the UFL, and you can build your stock to there. Yeah, so, absolutely. Look I, what I Alex Magoo did. Look what Alex Magoo did. FIU FIU legend turned Birmingham Stallions legend. He led he led the uh, Stallions to two champion USFL championships, and now he's um. The backup to Jordan Love and the uh, the Green Bay Packers, who were in the postseason. So uh, exactly, very so. cool story there. And I would say I think all these guys honestly are locks for that UFL. If, oh, if, absolutely. If you ask me, so yeah. Uh, let's get best for last. No offense to the other guys, but Donovan Manuel made history uh, for FIU. I'm gonna just type in his name. Talk to us a little bit about Donovan Manuel, Jake. Donovan Manuel was he was the backbone of the FIU defense from the very freaking start of the season. He was an absolute force in the backfield and met a lot of uh met a lot of running backs and quarterbacks uh during his time 
at FIU. Some of his best games were were uh, against Louisiana Tech and Maine, where he recorded 15 and 14 total tackles, respectively. But what a lot of people remember from Donovan Manuel's time at FIU is his forced fumbles and how he was so damn good at that to the point that he broke the school record with five total. So my goodness, man, what there's only so much we can say about Donovan Manuel before it starts to get repetitive on how important he was to this team. Uh, and out of all the players who played all 12 games this season for FIU on defense, he made the most out of every situation. I would I'd say his worst game of the season may have come against Sam Houston State, and he still got seven tackles, including uh, four uh, four solo. So um, he's a monster, man. He is a monster. We we've talked to him. He is a good dude. He won a he won a bunch of of he was on the preseason watch list. Uh, first team, I believe, uh, uh, two different first team preseason Conference watch USA, list. Conference USA second team this past season as well. Yeah. Uh, by the way, he should have been first team. I'm, I'm just saying should have been first team. But again, the numbers, this is the one thing where he passes both the eye test and the numbers test. He yeah. did everything for this defense. And if FIU did not have a player like Donovan Manuel on defense, they they, they, they would have struggled to win even one game this season. He was that big of an impact for uh, yep. FIU's defense. Donovan Manuel, third amongst Conference USA in tackles. He was second in tackles for loss. He was first in forced fumbles. And, uh, yeah, I'm kind of trying to quickly. And, again, he, he, he was a product of the SCS level uh, uh, originally. Uh, yeah, he spent four years State. there, too. Yeah, East Tennessee State. He put a lot of work in there, and then he – and he was so great with East Tennessee State, but the crazy thing is he got to FIU and got even better stat-wise. He got even better. So I'm just going to say it right now. I think Donovan Manuel deserves to be, I'd say a third, a third-round pick. Uh, a third-round pick, maybe fourth, but if not third, I, I think second, second is a bit of a stretch, but Super, yeah. I, I would say early to mid third round. Now I think a good comparison for so, now I, I'm gonna have to look back and see if he played his whole career with him. Tyree Snipe for UTEP. Okay, uh, that would be the ideal comparison I'm, I'm looking at here, and he's also entering the draft. So yeah, he spent his whole career at UTEP. That's the only difference here, and he totaled 390 total tackles, 175 assisted, 215. A solo, he had 8.5 sacks, two interceptions. So I, I think definitely this is, you know, Tyrese Knight is at the top of the conference in almost every statistical category on defense when it comes to linebackers. And uh, this is definitely a first or second round pick. So that's kind of where I'm looking at it. And I know there's a middle Tennessee linebacker after. So, yeah. Donovan Manuel, he he, he was that guy. He was him, you know, and uh, he, he broke – he broke an all-time FIU record that I don't know if we're going to see get broken again for, for years, if not decades, man. He did something that is very hard. Five forced fumbles in the season in a single season. I believe uh after the Louisiana Tech and main game, he was one of, if not the leading tackler in all of FBS, man. He was uh he had an absolutely phenomenal start to this season, and uh it only it only got better as the season progressed for his total uh statistics. Um granted, okay. Uh, he was not a sack machine. That was not his responsibility. His responsibility was to stop the run and swat the ball out of a running back's hands. And, man, he did that really good. He he, he was absolutely phenomenal 
at that. Um, FIU sometimes had a very questionable rushing defense, but one player that you could rely on if he got to get to the running back was Donovan Manuel. Um, he might go down as an all-time great uh, as far as the uh, linebacker position for the FIU Panthers. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, who else? Maybe Reggie outdo, outdoes him, but that would be the only one I'll, I could think of at the moment. But uh, Jake, I think it's time to shine. It, it, it's time to shine with an FIU news or yeah, an FIU news break. Pause up podcast news break. Your source for all things FIU athletics and just FIU in general. So let's start off with F with uh, FIU football. Uh, since we're you know on the topic, uh, they recently announced a a couple of future non conference uh, opponents. First off, the uh, the Panthers will take on the Monmouth Hawks this upcoming season on Saturday, September twenty first. To close out the non-conference schedule, yes, that game is in Miami. Uh, Monmouth is an FCS school hailing from the Coastal Athletic Association. I believe at one point they were they were in the Ohio Valley Conference, which is uh, where Jacksonville State was uh, before they moved up to the uh, Conference USA. This is going to be the first ever meeting between uh, both FIU and Monmouth. So uh, that'll close out the non-conference schedule, which will feature Indiana, Central Michigan, and Florida Atlantic. Uh, now, moving on to a, a bit to the more distant future, FIU also announced that they will be taking on the Buffalo Bulls of the MAC. We're going to get some more maction between uh, FIU and Buffalo. Um, they're going to they're going to take them on twice. It's a home and home series. The first meeting is will be here uh, in 2026, uh, and the next will be in Amherst, New York, which I believe is uh, outskirts of Buffalo. Uh, in 2027, and uh, just like Monmouth, both FIU and Buffalo have never met in uh, the gridiron. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I, I know we're all reeling from the uh, Miami versus Buffalo matchup in the pros. We'll see if this nets some better results in, in, in the collegiate level. So First uh, time, not to interrupt your news break, but first time FIU will have back-to-back -back seasons of taking on a MAC conference since 2011-2012. That was back-to-back -back seasons of taking on the Akron Zips. So yeah, I don't know who won or not, but FIU also is five and four against the MAC conference all time. Not to mention two wins against Toledo in both of their bowl games that they've won. So and uh, they take on they, and they take on Central Michigan uh, in 2024. Right, right. So uh, we, we we love the MAC. We're college football fans. We love some good MAC action. What can we say? So next up, is swimming and diving, where a pair of Panthers were named to the uh, American Athletic Conference swimmer and diver of the uh, uh, week list. Um, starting off is Christy Chi. Uh, Chi was absolutely amazing in the um, uh, uh, FIU sprint invite, uh, the invite last Wednesday. Um, she won an absolutely um, insane um, amount of awards that day. I believe she racked up three first place finishes. I think I believe she also took home in a, an, an additional third place finish. Uh, that invite was absolutely dominated by FIU and uh it was absolutely amazing to see her. Now, on top of that, you have Paige Burrell for uh, being the diver of the week. Burrell was the also took home to first place uh, placements in that exact same invite. So again, congratulations to both Panthers um, for absolutely putting in a uh, the work there on that FIU sprint event. Now I got Jonathan Mayer happy uh, talking about swimming a little bit. So on the topic of awards. Conference USA announced the winners of the Fall Spirit of Service Awards, which is meant for student-athletes with, quote, significant community service endeavors, 
good academic standing and participation in their sport, end quote. For FIU, it was Deborah Bien Aime uh, of women's soccer, a two-time recipient of this award who is majoring in biological sciences with a minor in psychology. She serves on the Student Athletic Leadership Council, where she held several health and safety initiatives, including sun safety advisories in partnership with the new sunscreen sponsor. She is also on the Dean's List and appeared in 14 games this past season, which, of course, we all know was an amazing season for FIU women's soccer. So, of course, congrats to Deborah. And that was your look at Newsbreak. So, Kevin, uh, I guess this is the moment where we talk a bit about Men's basketball and what we saw against the uh, the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. It was the first conference matchup of the season for FIU, and it, of course, did not go out uh, as intended for the Panthers. They fell by a score of 70 to 63. It was actually uh, didn't really even feel like a close game in the first half, but FIU, to their credit, came back swinging uh, in the second half. Kept the game close, but ultimately the uh, the Gamecocks pulled away. It was, it, it, it was a tough game to lose because they really had a chance to win it there late in the end. Yeah, and I mean, oof, Kiki Kiki Tandy, man. I mean, he may be the best player in Conference USA right now. Um, Shoot, you might not be lying. He absolutely dominated FIU. It was a one-man wrecking crew for him. Um, you know, that, that that Jack State team is pretty good. They, they shoot the lights out of the ball, and – We'll preview a little bit about New Mexico State because that's how you Sorry, did, did you say they shut the lights out of the ball? Lights out! Lights out! Oh, good job. I'll give you that one. <laughs> Thanks. I, I know you weren't expecting that because the way you scooted out of it. It's so been a while awesome. since we used the lights out, Clive. I'll say been that. A while. You, know, you have to reserve it for worthy moments, right? And uh, I was ready for that. I was ready for that, Kevin. But no, what you were saying was absolutely true. Kiki Tandy. Man, he was amazing. He uh, from from beyond the arc. He was uh, he was very deadly. And uh, fun, funnily enough, the game I wouldn't want to say the game felt like it was over in the first half. It was it, it was close for a while. Jacksonville State pulled away. They led by forty to twenty eight in the first half. But you want to talk about FIU in the second half? They did play some of their best basketball all season in the second half of that game. Unfortunately, it was not enough. Uh, you want to talk about Okiki, OKK, however you say it, but what? What, what did I just see? What did I just Nothing, see? Bro. What is this? Jonathan Mayer. Just got to save I, it in here. I was just from, from, from what I, from what you told me, he is uh, celebrating his, uh, his dad's birthday today. So of course um, we want to wish Johnny a very happy, uh, happy Wednesday. I, I know we're all going to be at the bank tomorrow to see FIU take on New Mexico state. That's going to be fun, but oof, they got some things to work on um, following that, uh, that, uh, that Jacksonville state game. Granted, Javante Hawkins himself had a very had another very nice game. 15 points off the – no, he wasn't off the bench, but he did go 6-14 uh, from the field, not to mention Jane Brewer had another uh, fantastic game. Uh, Arturo Dean, four steals. But, you know, I mean, four steals is like average for Arturo Dean, you know, just, just how, how good he is at that stat yeah, line. He got, I mean, he got shut down, man. I mean, look at the first – He got shut half. down, but he still made the most of it, yeah, right? That's the thing, too. And, and this is one thing I, I will mention, and teams have started to take it – Have I've started to notice – Man, teams are targeting Arturo Dean big time. They're, I mean, when you when these teams are game planning against FIU, yeah, their focus is going to be Arturo Dean, and that's where you have to see other guys step up. Javante Hawkins, he stepped up in a big way for FIU. You also look at it with Deshaun Giddens. You need him to step up. You need Jaden Litscomb to stand. I mean, it, 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 Arturo Dean could do so much for this FIU team. 
He is a he takes pride in his defense, and that's not going to change. But if teams are going to go after him on the offensive side, and they're going to game plan all most of their game plan goes towards someone like Dean, this FIU team, no offense, becomes kind of a non-factor on offense. And with such a high pace that's led by Dean, you need to step up. And um, it'll be interesting because there are some guys. There's we we uh, I'll just say it on here: Abar not playing tomorrow um, against New Mexico State. I won't mention why. But it is injury related. He most likely will not practice tomorrow either. I mean, it, it would be big time if he does play, but I, very unlikely. So that means you have to see someone like Hawkins step in there big time. And and this is why I did it, Jonathan Mayer, baby. Johnny, I can't hear anything. You're mute. Oh, okay, no. we hear you, Johnny. I, I thought you did it for the day. Surprise, surprise. Whoa. Johnny whoa, wanted whoa. to talk baseball, man. Yeah, I thought you guys went to. Uh, uh, I thought you guys went to uh, Joe Stone Crabs in Miami to celebrate your dad's birthday. No, I went to East Las Canary. East Las. Was it? it was good, right? East Las Can Can Canary Canaria Canarias. It was good, right? But how do you say it? How do you say it? East Las Canary. East Las Canarias. Was yes, it, it was good great, though, right? Best, great best croquetas in Miami. Best croquetas, bro. They were not going to argue really that. Good. Not going to argue that. Welcome, Johnny. Uh, we we were talking about um. Before you joined, we spent like almost 30, 30 something minutes talking about the uh, FIU football players who had declared for the NFL, the NFL draft. So uh, any, I, I know you were at least listening before you joined. So what, what, what are your thoughts? What are your takeaways? Give, give us all, give us all the info, John. Uh, I say best of luck to all those guys. Um, I think all those guys had productive, productive seasons here at FIU, specifically this year. I think Jack Daly made an immediate impact. Derek Daniel, he had, a, had a, some good games. And Jalen Bracey, who always has the speed. Uh, you know, you never know what the future holds for them. Love seeing them get drafted or have some opportunities. But I think a lot of those guys have proven their case. They're hard workers. And uh, hopefully they get opportunities because you, you really you just need one shot. So, yeah. Oh. I was going to save that to the end, Kevin. Wow. But no one I, saw I it. No one saw it. We saw no, it. no one saw it, but you know what? Now's a good time. We have some more breaking news. I didn't add this to Newsbreak, but consider this an extension to Newsbreak. One of our very own uh, is, is turning one year older tomorrow. That is Kevin Baral. I do have some. I do have some. IU. He's turning what? 21? 19. Oh, <laughs> 19 years old tomorrow. You got time. So if you guys want to wish Kevin a happy birthday tomorrow at the bank, uh, when FIU takes on New Mexico State at 7 p.m., I mean, by all means. I mean, and before we do get into baseball, because I, we'll quickly preview New Mexico State, but uh, this is the, another extension to news break. I have two extensions to news break. Wow. First one, big breaking news. A crystal ball selection has been put in for five-star recruit George McIntyre. He was on the final list for FIU, but the crystal ball goes to Tennessee. So – Expect him to commit there. Um, usually these crystal ball predictions are pretty accurate. So, John, I know you can't talk too much about it, but he is Coach Mack's nephew. So wishing him all the best. He was here at FIU on device night. He's a big quarterback, big golf, big sling. He's big. He's tall. He's sling. he's big, yeah. That's what we need he's to know. long. Yeah. I think that's the best way to put it. Uh, Johnny, he was also for basketball, right? Yeah, he, he was offered to play basketball here too. So, I mean, that's, that's this is the only school um, in the country where he's been offered – to play two sports, so you can leave it at that. that. You know, you can't say too much more on him. And the other one is Keyshawn Fret, FIU baseball. He will be calling the game tomorrow with uh, Carlton Gillespie. I, I was so. funny enough. Carlton is, is in my class this semester, so we were hanging out today. We were talking about it. Yeah. Gave me all the tips about Keyshawn and uh, 
the strategies of how to call a game with them. And uh, I'm excited to listen. I'm making sure I'll promote that on the FIU baseball account, making sure it gets the love and uh, student athletes getting opportunities in the real world. So, no, yeah, that, no, I, I can attest to how good that class is with oh, AJ yeah. Ricketts. We were, you know, uh, me, me, and me and Johnny, we were, you know, uh, Al I'm going to take the class. We were I'm Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth talking, you know, when we were uh, on the mic for basketball and that was Johnny, great. You said you said you're doing the class in the fall, correct? I will. I'm doing. I'll, I'll do it too. Because I'm. Oh, Johnny and Kevin. T- I just, oh, Johnny. I just realized I have to add your face to the thumbnails now. Uh, after this nah, episode. No, nah, don't worry about it. I, uh, I, 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 don't worry about it. All right. So let's quickly preview this. Um, FIU versus New Mexico State. This is the first conference game at home for the Panthers. Yeah. Big night, as I mentioned. Uh, Panther Power is going to be there. They're doing a the whole thing. Pretty cool stuff. Maybe you, you said Chick Fil A, right? They're gonna have Chick Fil A. I'm not passing up on that at all. Oh. Uh, but unfortunately, the Panthers are not favored. They're actually six point five underdogs in this game. And uh, as we look at New Mexico State, this is a team they should technically beat. They rank towards the bottom of Conference USA in most stats. Uh, yeah. They're currently seven and nine. They have not won a road game yet. They're zero and seven on the road, so that is pretty concerning on that end. Um, they're not very good at the rebound department, but the Panthers also rank last. So Jake, what do you like about New Mexico state? They also don't have big time scorers. Like we saw with Jack state. I like their, I should say inability to turn the ball over. They are a very good team when it, when it comes to ball security, that of course is going to be a big test for this FIU team who sort of prides themselves in turnovers and steals against their opponents. So it's going to be interesting to see how, uh, that sort of plays in, but, uh, Granted, they uh, fourth in field in three point percentage. They are a very good team from the backcourt. They are uh, snipers, if you will. And unfortunately, that was something that FIU struggled against Jacksonville State. They only went three for seventeen from, from three against the Gamecocks, while Jacksonville State made seven three pointers. All of them came from Tandy. So uh, it, it's it, New Mexico State could absolutely just light the field, get get a bunch of points very quickly with how good they are from the three-point line. But if FIU can sort of make this team struggle with, uh, of course, Arturo Dean having his way with steals and, of course, stopping with the self-inflicted turnovers, the self-inflicted wounds this FIU team sometimes sort of forces themselves, man. Uh, it was very frustrating because if those things uh, didn't happen early on in the that game against Jacksonville State, it would have been even closer coming out of halftime, and then who knows how that game would have ended down the stretch if that was the case, but at the end of the day, Jacksonville state could not miss their shots at the end of that game. And uh, FIU was fortunately, they were kind of hopeless to stop it. Uh, but you know, they were, they were in that game. As a matter of fact, they had a relatively solid chance to win it. You just need these playmakers to step in. We had uh, uh, Kevin, you mentioned a bar, not going to be in it. That's going to be a, that's going to be a tough hit to FIU size wise uh, and, and how they want to defend shots. So uh, maybe, maybe you'll see more minutes from Pinckney. You'll see, maybe see some more from Pitar. In, in in his place, but it's going to be a tough task against a very, very good shooting team. Yeah, and on top of that, I mean, think about it. Uh, OKK, it's OKK O'Clock. Our good buddy Carlton Gillespie gave me that one, so I'm not I, I like it, I like it. Hey, he he was the positive podcast player of the game last game uh, against Jack State, so I believe it was 12 points in 15 minutes. Yeah. He put FIU back in that one as they were down by 18. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to say FIU is going to win this game. I would not say by a big margin. I think it'll be pretty close, but I do think FIU gets this one, and, and they keep their conference hopes alive, and, and it's something I've really wanted to hammer down. they got to get off to a really good start in the conference to stay afloat 
and have the best possible spot in the tournament. Johnny, I know you say FIU wins. Jake, mm. are you going to be the are, – are you going to win my birthday? What's, all right, Johnny, what's your – Wait, 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 wait. What, Johnny? Do I – I want to give my pick. Go for it. Go for it. Are, are if I was going to win, bounce back 82 to 74. Okay. Who, who's the strangely winner? enough? I actually, God, no. it, it's weird. I kind of agree with Johnny. I, I, I think my score is going to be relatively the same. I think, I think both teams are going to score a little bit less because they're both this team, both of these teams' defenses sort of make these games against them rather low scoring. That was kind of the case against Jacksonville State in the first half until it wasn't. But, um, this, this is such an important win for FIU, right? They are struggling, they are on their heels. Begging for a win. Meanwhile, you have a, a team like New Mexico State. Uh, they're seven and nine, right? But they began their conference season with a win against UTEP, so they already have a win against uh, a conference opponent. I'm gonna say FIU wins very close. I'm talking maybe a three or four point difference. I'll give a final score of like seventy-eight to seventy-five, something very close. I, it might it might come down to the last shot. Uh, either FIU makes it to win or New Mexico doesn't make it to, to lose. But it's it's a mu- every every game after this for FIU is a must-win game if they really want to get back into this and be competitive in the Conference USA tournament down the line. Of course, that still weighs away, but actually not really. It really isn't ways away. It, it, it's We're getting relatively close to it. So um, it's a big win for FIU. They're going to have to figure it out, but – I want to have faith in this team and believe that they will. So we shall see. We have a little upset today in college basketball. UCF beat Kansas. Yeah. So, wow. UCF I saw, is I saw um, Louisville beat Miami tonight, too. Ooh. Is that right? At the Watsco Center, nonetheless. They're really good at the Watsco Center. I thought the big one was – I believe it was – who beat Purdue Who beat Purdue yesterday, the number one team of the country? I want to say yeah, it was Yeah, lost, right? I think it was yeah. Rutgers. I, I want to say Nebraska, but – let me double check this. Well, right anyways, quick. while you check, I'm going to give off my prediction. I do think FIU wins. Nebraska. It was, it was Nebraska. Okay. Indiana if there's one thing too. that stands out about this FIU team, it's the speed. They're one of the fastest teams in, I would even argue to say, in college basketball. They're such a very fast team. I mean, Arturo Dean, Deshaun getting very fast players. They run such a high tempo offense. I think that's going to really get New Mexico State kind of slowing down a little bit. Not a very good rebounding team either on both aspects, offense and defense. FIU is actually one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the conference. So that certainly stands out. I'll say FIU wins. I'll just say they win. And unlike you guys, I was going to say a very close game, but I'm going to go 85 to 78. It's still certain. It's still pretty right close. Still pretty close. Pretty either close, but I do think points, FIU right? slips it away. Points. What's up? Yeah, either way, betting-wise, you're getting points in this game because – FIU is a home dog, which is, you know, it's crazy. But. That's good. That's good, too. I'll, I would bet FIU for my betters out there. But anyways, real quick, Jake, MVP of the game. Just say the name. You don't have to say why. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Dean. I know I know it's a cop-out, but Dean's ability to create steals is going to be so important against a team that otherwise has amazing ball security. So if they want to win, they got to get turnovers against this team. And that's then Dean. Dean's going to be the key to that. I'm gonna go. With, Sorry, I actually did explain. I, I apologize. You it's said fine. Just I, don't, I, don't I don't care. We 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 don't have the time limit on this. We're live, so we don't. Who cares? We're live, so we're good. We're good. Yeah. Uh. Oof. I'm gonna go. Jaden Lipscomb. Uh. I I think man, he he's he is in for another big game. I will say over 20 points. He will not miss a three pointer. 
Uh, worst case, you'll miss one, but that's my MVP. Johnny, go for it. <laughs> I would say it's okay, Johnny. Just just tell Sorry, us. Sorry, I'm getting I'm getting hit up by uh, Lucas, who's at New Mexico State. Las Cruces. I'm gonna say F I. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Artero Dean is gonna have a nice game. I think he'll have double digits, and I think he'll have I think he'll have double double. Alrighty. Baseball time, baby. This is what we're here for. Oh, man. I want to give a quick shout out to women's basketball. Yes. Right? They're having an amazing season, ten and five right now. Actually, you know what? Up. Let's start. Yeah, we need. Oh, to yeah, I'm, gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a suggestion. Put your computer on do not disturb. Hold up. Best. Yeah, sorry. This this is the best start since the 2011-2012 season for women's basketball through 15 games. They're playing some great basketball, um, and they have some good games coming up. So give props to them. You know. Of course, they've won four straight games, and they beat Jacksonville State. Uh, granted, it, it was at home, but they've won their first conference USA. Game of the season, they're going to take on New Mexico State in Las Cruces uh, tomorrow at 8 p.m., and then uh, that'll be the start of a, a little two-game road trip. They'll head to UTEP afterwards on Saturday. Then the, their next home game will be against the Liberty Flames on Thursday. Ooh, FIU goes to Liberty then. Men's basketball goes to Liberty. Yeah, yeah, they, they got to head to – I mean, both teams are going to have to head to their conference opponents and then host them. Uh, both. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm thinking about football terms here, but anyways um, – Ooh, I was going to mention something and I forgot. Well, we were about to start talking about baseball. I, I want to say uh, the reaction of all of you guys watching to Kevin's mega preview for the roster was absolutely insane. Let me see how much reviews we're at right now. It was insane. So many players loved it. Granted, I mean, I don't want to want to leak anything but i think kevin himself had some assistance from the from the baseball team some some players in uh, in general to get this article made and it turned out absolutely amazing uh if you haven't seen it yet it mentions all the players that fiu has both lost and gained for this upcoming season uh, talk about some some uh some quotes from from rich Witten and, and a breakdown of, of of every player from every position and who kevin himself believes Will be the starters heading into their first uh, their first uh, game of the season against uh, who are the beginning of the season against um, Long Island Long Island right the Long Island Sharks uh, Ke- Kevin breaks it down almost uh, down to a T about who you need to know and uh, yeah of course, we we've had the pleasure of speaking to a bunch of players already uh, 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 such as uh, uh, of course Brylan West and um, who, uh, who who else am I thinking we've spoken of to Guida before. Oh yeah, Guida. We we we've spoken to. Uh, we we spoke to Alex Sanchez. Shout out to him. He signed with um, the affiliate league, the Pioneer League, an MLB affiliate league. So yeah. shout out to him. Wrote a little shout bit. Out him. Of course, we've also spoken with uh, Rich Witten. Of course, uh, uh, you know, r- r- pretty important. Not to mention you yourself spoke with Logan Rundy uh, uh, as well. So uh, man, it was it was a great article, and I guess that's what we're going to uh, talk about here. Just some of your. Some of your thoughts about uh, uh, the players you yourself had, had had mentioned, and some of the biggest players that you think will make an impact on both offense and, and defense for this FIU team. Yeah, sucks that we're at the fifty-four minute mark, but it kind of feels like we're going to start a. We'll, we'll have hard. a baseball-centric pod. Look, look, look. We we can mess around with the rules. Spoiler alert! But when the episodes are not live, they have to be under an hour, right? But this is a live stream, baby. This can go over an hour, and and and. I know John. I don't know if Johnny has the willpower to go on after an hour, but uh, I'm down for it. I think hey, man, Johnny just got it. here. He's still at the zero minute marker. Yeah, well, I'm, just, know, I'm just saying know. though, we're gonna we should have a baseball centric, and we will. We definitely will. Oh, and yeah, when we get close, something to we season, could absolutely. do here, and something we could do here, we could do two. 
actually never mind this is more off the camera stuff but we could cut this one and start a new one if you guys really wanted to but uh, we can also clip this one into a video if we really want to go deep into the baseball team and make it clip as a separate stream or whatever but we could i, I would like to go as in-depth as we can now since we're already all here and especially yeah, no, I, no, 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 absolutely. This can be the one of those longer episodes we don't get every now and then, you know. Uh, we don't get a whole lot of super. Pretty, we, we still have a decent amount of viewers on Twitter. So, can you still believe we talked with Arturo Dean for like seventy minutes, Johnny? That was awesome. That was, you that just talked Arturo Dean for over an hour. Yes, it was super sick. Albeit some technical difficulties, but Arturo's and Arturo's. Yeah. Uh, all right. So you know, um, FIU Wi-Fi, right, Johnny? So. Uh, I'm gonna put Johnny here just for now because this is baseball. Sorry, Jake. Oh yeah, thank you. I literally have a bunch of Marlins, bo uh, Marlins bobbleheads right there, guys. It's fine. And I know All you right. really can't see it, but this Marlins poster right here is from the inaugural season. It is super sick. All right. So the first thing we're gonna do is just read off names who left the program or draft transfer portal. So this is a pretty long list, so bear with me. Alex Sanchez, Ruben Carpio, Angel Tiburcio, Brian Pazos, Steven Ondina, Henry Wallen, Mikey Rosario, Mario Fernandez, Craig Paladar, Christian Santana, Marcus O'Malley, Brian Lariga, Dante Girardi, Robert Sotolongo, Mario Zabala, Tim Miku, Cesar Franco, Evan Chenier, uh, CJ McKennett, and Marcus Sevillano. I think I said that right. Oh, oh why am I? All right. uh, no, my bad. That, that was a misquote. That is a very long list. Johnny, uh, I did this with Johnny, so just to confirm, this was all the guys. Uh, so I guess we could start with this general question. Out of those guys that I mentioned, and Jake, I would assume you have – we could Loki share the screen for the article just so everyone's on the same page do, here. Do you have your article on, like, another screen that you want to – Yeah, we're going to do that right now. Okay, yeah. I, I was looking at it as well. And we could remove that. All right. Uh, Johnny and Jake, I'll, I'll, I'll go to both of you. I, I'm pretty sure out of these names, now I'll be at a lot of them graduated, so there's not much you can do about them, but the ones that still had eligibility, who are you most surprised that they actually left the program and who are you actually expecting more out of? Now, I'm going to start now go with Marcus O'Malley. When he came in here, I believe he was one of the on the freshman, all, all freshman team with VCU. He came along with Rich Witten from the that transition. He was one of the guys that which went right along to FIU. I actually thought he was going to play a lot more, but a big issue with O'Malley was the defensive struggles, and they started playing him in the outfield. So there wasn't much he could do there. And, I mean, when you have guys like Ruben Carpio who started to step up, Mikey Rosario started to play a lot more. You kind of had your outfield. I feel like O'Malley really couldn't find a spot. And on top of that, I mean, we'll talk about him soon. Brian Lariga definitely started to step up for FIU. So that's where I'm looking at it. Johnny, who, who's your guy? Uh, I mean, it's tough. Biggest to, loss, biggest loss from the. I would say obviously biggest the, loss. I think you look at it. I think, you know, Alex Sanchez was just because you know the production he brought last year and the senior leadership he had was huge asset up to the team. Um, you know, had a great year last year, first team all conference. You know, that's someone you want to have. And obviously, Mike Rosario, who you know coming over from Miami, really was better and beyond when he came to FIU. I think those two stood out to me. On the batting side, obviously pitching side, you know, Brian Pazos coming off and in, coming off, you know, he had some, um, I think he, he in 2022 had some injuries. He came into 2023, really was able to um, work back and, you know, was really, really solid. Um, but yeah, I think those are the three guys that I thought, you know, were, um, were losses that, you know, happened. But, um, you know, but you look at it, it's a, it's a long list of guys, but you look at the guys that are coming in and it, it kind of gives you a little more, you know, of excitement because there's a lot of potential 
And you look at the roster and the additions that coach would have brought into year two uh, for his program. Yeah, no, no absolutely. And then, Again, the the cheap answer is to say, you know, Alex Sanchez because he was the, he was the he was the face of FIU baseball. Let's keep it real. He was the slugger uh, that that we've come to know. And of course, he was on the podcast. Maybe there's a little bit of bias there as well. But uh, aside from that, of course, he had players that we we've known for a very very long time over the years, like Sotolongo, uh, uh, Girardi, um, and, and, and Zabala. Just the so of course, uh, a lot of infielders there as well as just sort of players you got to know for a while who were very reliable players, serviceable, played a lot of games over like the span of, of two or even three years. So those are the kind of players that it's going to be tough to replace because you're very familiar uh, with what they've done for your team for, for years now. But of course, uh, you look at the players lost here, you see here, but the players added is, is, is very, is very impressive. And you have pretty much a player or two for every single position that you need to know. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, <laughs> Mute the laptop, Johnny, Mute the laptop, Johnny. No, do not disturb. All right. Continue. Johnny. I'll say, I'll, I'll say that tandem of Sotolongo, Girardi and Zabala, just because they're players that we've known for a very long man, time. Man, Zabala, dude, I thought he could be, uh, it's unfortunate how things played out with him. He was really, he, he was pitching, I believe night, he was hitting 95. He was yeah. a two way guy, but yeah. All right. Um, Let's go into the guys they added. This is a very long list. Look at that. Shout out Alex Sanchez, by the way, for that article that was on the other side of that was yep. on the right side right. of the screen. Bear with me, folks. This is even longer than the last one. All right, players added: outfielder Jeff Lacory, outfielder Keyshawn Fret, outfielder Austin Daring, shortstop Alex Ulloa, uh, first baseman Brylan West, catcher Nelson Rivera, catcher Jacob McKenzie, infielder Chase Engelhard, and infielder Andre Fernandez, infielder Samuel Fisher, infielder Trayson Cameron. I believe he's also a pitcher, so he's a two-way guy. Uh, pitcher Jaden Bishop, pitcher T Tristan Dietrich, uh, pitcher Ryan Ryerson, outfielder Jaquan Smith, outfielder Hector Candelas, outfielder Armando Becerra, outfielder Jamel Vera, uh, pitcher Bryce Green, pitcher Cameron Kleins. The rest are pitchers. Marlon Takovich, Andrew Alfonso, Logan Rundy, Evan Alwan, and Justin Paz. Uh, we could probably just knocked down the top of the list here. I mean, Jeff LaCorey, Keyshawn Fret, Austin Deering, Alex Ulloa, and Brylin West. Those are the big ticket players that FIU acquired via the yeah. transfer portal and JUCO. Johnny, uh, let's talk a little bit about Jeff LaCorey, man. This is the big ticket transfer on FIU. Uh, outfielder plays all three spots, a little bit of infield as well at first, but uh, we, we projected him as a right fielder. Now, these projections, I won a lot. Shout out to D1 Baseball. I spoke about them a little bit, but on through this, that was the inspiration to the article. But in terms of projections, these I went off of my personal thoughts. I spoke to a couple people around the team, and I spoke to you guys as well for, for some projections. Johnny, uh, Jeff LaCorey, we're projecting him as the starting right fielder come opening day. Yeah, I think he's a guy who I had the fortunate opportunity to watch him in summer ball with um, it's the Florida league summer league. And he was kind of the highly touted guy out of the, uh, you know, in the league and transfers over from Florida Southern. He had some draft process, some, some draft looks over the summer, but didn't get drafted. He comes here. Um, I think this is for him. He's an opportunity to prove himself at the D one level. And um, he matched in, in division two. And, you know, we saw it in the, here in, in a lot of the, in the fall ball of, he had some ball, he had some home runs really, really has a lot of power. Big bat. I think he's somebody that another question mark for this team of could he produce at the D1 level? Um, I fully think he can. He's somebody look at him. He has the opportunity to do so. And I think he's a bat. I, the swing is, is a, 
he reminds he's a very certain swing. I'm trying to think who he remembers who he reminds me of. I'll get back to it, but I, I really love his swing. I think he's a guy that FIU, if if he rolls over what he did at Florida Southern, I think he'll be a pivotal bat. And another guy where he, he's unknown now, but when you watch him into the third week, you know, when season hit rolls around, you're like, dang, this guy's pretty good. So I think Jeff Corey is gonna be a starter. Uh, locked in in 2024 and he may be a known too but man in the d2 level this guy was known as well as, as um summer ball johnny i mean you I, I don't know how much you were able to watch him uh but unserverable uh, but i know you were able to watch him a decent i was i mean i called the game where he had two home runs off my team and there he made goes, a, uh, a, rob, a, a, a saving catch before he, he 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 dominated our team shout out the sanford river rats but uh and on yeah. top of that Think about it. This guy was expected to possibly be drafted. Unfortunately, he didn't, and he'll have his his opportunities if he continues to have success at the division. If he starts to have success at the D one level, but this is certainly a guy who FIU fans should be extremely interested in in terms of what he could provide, as well as the power that he brings, the power factor. Uh, Jake, anything you want to add about Lecorians uh, before we go into Keyshawn Fret? No, I, I'm happy you pointed it out in this article, but Rich Witten himself really spoke about how important it was to get a player like LaCorey into this squad. He, uh, he from, from, from what I've been able to tell him and from what Rich said, you know, he's a, uh, he, he's a very nice guy, a very cool guy, very thankful to be with a team like the Panthers where I think he'll, he'll mesh very well. We, we, we were talking a while ago about this is a guy that we, we need to get on the podcast one way or the other. We need to get him on, man. We've, uh, we've been trying. <laughs> it, it's been a long road. Eventually, you know, we're, Lacory, if you're watching, got to get you on, my guy. And uh, and you and you yourself, Kevin, had talked about how this is a guy that's very reliable, regardless of what spot in the outfield you want to put him in. I I believe you said that uh, right field. I think makes most the the most sense for him, all things considered. But uh, regardless, it's nice to have a player that's as reliable um, uh, as uh, all positions in the outfield. I, th- I think he even played a bit of first base as well. So uh, it, it's nice to see a player like that join this team. So Keyshawn Fretz, the next thing we're going to go into, and we're going to try to dive in as deep as we can. Thankfully, Johnny is available for a very long time, so <laughs> long enough to do this. So uh, Keyshawn Fret, uh, uh, Seminole State College, correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny Juco product, top five in the Juco level in home runs hit, and he certainly made a name for himself during the Blue and Gold World Series. I believe he had one, uh, a couple home runs there, but um, this the one that Carlton and I were able to call on that Saturday. Uh, you can check it out on Twitter. Certainly uh, – when you can follow the well, broadcast is on our YouTube, by the way, for the, uh, that the, blue the whole broadcast is on our YouTube. Yeah. The blue and gold world series game is all on there. Carlton, that was the second I, one, right? Or was it the third? That was the second was the game second. of the, of the, of the series. And anyways, um, yeah, Gishon Fret, we projected him as our left fielder for this season. He could play first base. If I recall, Johnny, I, I he may have pit, played first, uh, but he'd play you right field as well. If he, he was, um, uh, and he was a catcher before as well that and, and i think he may have the most power in this fiu team now we'll go into guida and brylan west who are the both first baseman but outfield wise fret may have the most power oh easily i mean you look at him he's he's a guy that's gonna mash baseballs and if you watch the video on twitter i mean i was on the field the dugout i did not even know where that ball landed it just it just sailed and it went somewhere i think it went i think it went onto the soccer field I, it went over the, the netting and they have a huge netting to, to cover it up, but it was uh, tattooed that ball. Um, but he's somebody that you look at him, he's going to hit for power. I think another Sean, thing is another, another question mark. Oh, you're, you're, sorry, 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 sorry. Replay that, replay that. Let me see. Yeah, look at this. Boom. 
Left center yeah, field. We, we, we gotta get some audio from Carlton. Two pitches to, uh, driven. Oh, it's, no, can you hear the audio? Let me know if you can hear the yeah, audio. We can hear it. We can hear it. All right, let me let me restart the video. Keyshawn, one two pitches driven into left field. See you later, Keyshawn Freck over the scoreboard. A three run bomb. Boy, like a bolt of lightning that left the stadium. Keyshawn Freck, folks, that's gonna be the name to keep. We got Kevin, it's you. I love this FIU season. What a Yo, bomb! Right down the middle, takes it all the way to the FIU baseball scoreboard. And he is hyped up. He almost caught up with Jeff. Oh, look at Johnny down there. Hey, I see myself. Say, I was going to say, it all comes Daddy, from. stick out like a sore thumb, Johnny. I know. Jeez. It all comes no, from. Sh- shout out Carlton for the commentary. By nice shirt. It all comes full circle because now tomorrow, Carlton on the call with Keyshawn. You know? <laughs> yeah, Carlton on the goal with Keyshawn. Yeah, we gotta get Carlton on this podcast soon. Man. Oh, sure. I mean, whatever questions we may or may not have for Keyshawn, we can just straight up ask him tomorrow before the game. That's really cool. Oh, we got to. T- someone has to tell Keyshawn to come well dressed. Oh, what do you okay. mean? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not like have. a suit and tie. We have well, Johnny. And I never did suit and ties for these broadcasts. Go for a polo, with some slacks. Okay, yeah, well, the, well, yeah, polo. Right, right, right. Johnny, do not disturb. All right. Anyways. Uh, so we project Keyshawn at center field at center. I'm sorry, left field. Now center field is certainly an interesting case, Jake, because you have a lot of options. You have Austin Deering, you have Jaquan Smith, you have Armando Becerra. Becerra is certainly the most versatile player, the quickest player. Actually, I like Jaquan Smith is the quickest, but Becerra is certainly the most versatile. He's actually a former Savannah banana, Jake. So before they were what they are Love today, the they were actually, I believe in another, in a certain in, in, in the league and, he found a lot of success with the bananas there, but uh, at Erskine College, uh, Becerra slash 337, 416, 532, 947, with 15 home runs, 85 RBI, certainly has the uh, – he, he, we. Uh, this was such a hard decision for me because Becerra and Deering both showed a lot during the Blue and Gold World Series. I would say Deering was the best player hands down during the Blue and World Gold, uh, World Series. During had the two had two home runs. He made it. He robbed the home run off of Nick Batelli. But Becerra certainly has the speed and is certainly, I would say, the more bet the better defensive center fielder. But Deering could play your nice left field, and we'll talk a, a little bit about platoon yeah. in a bit there. But what do you like about Armando Becerra? He the speed man. He is a fast boy. The stolen bases that speak for themselves. It's it's so nice to have a player who can almost guarantee. Uh, a stolen base from first to second in in, in, a, in any sort of instance. And Becerra is that kind of guy. As you see there, 24 bases stolen in 2022, 19 in 2023. You know, you may think that, that the Savannah Bananas are all fun and no skill, but that, those, those are, that is a serious group of players that put on a show no matter where they go. I got I got the chance to meet some of them, ironically, before a Florida Panthers game where they had a couple players and the mascots show up, uh, which was super cool to see. But for Sarah, it's nice to have a very fast player who, again, really go really good with the bat, 15 home runs and 85 RBIs, man, in, in, in three seasons of work uh, at, at a different college. That is, Those are some very nice numbers. He's fast enough, of course, to go after um, um, pop flies, pop flies, and even deep balls out out in the, out in the uh, outfield. And of course, he's fast enough to pretty much make it so that you cannot pick him off going to either second or third, which is a very nice thing to have. He can absolutely make so, those two out rallies, or even just uh, other rallies, just way more uh, uh, possible when you have a, a speedy player like him. So, Becerra, I mean, there's not there. We can't say enough good things about him. And uh, Kevin, I'm happy to see you say. 
that you think he is going to be the projected starting center fielder. So uh, that's good to see. I think he deserves it. That certainly was one of the the spots that took me the longest to kind of see where I was going to, what I was going to do. Not, not the corners. The corners were pretty easy from the get go because there were, you had your options, but those were the mm-hmm. set in stone guys. This is a completely new outfield, Jake, no matter who you put there, it's, unless you put a, a Matt Corpus over there. But, um, you know, Johnny, let's talk a little Austin Deering. This is someone who stood out a lot and we won't get into it because we don't have too, too much time left on our hands and we've already gone for over an hour, but. Uh, Austin Deering, two home runs. He had the the great catch uh, off, you know, to rob Nick Patelli the home run on that Friday game. What do you like about Austin Deering? I know he didn't stand out too much from, from his former teams. He didn't have big time numbers, but this is a guy who is certainly either a really good platoon option or gets to the point where he's going to play. Yeah, I think another name where like he kind of you know you look at the numbers in State College of Florida. You know, I don't think it's eye popping. You look at the JUCO numbers, but you know he was Gatorade Player of the Year. You know, from State and West Virginia. Was it, was it West Virginia? Let me confirm. I think, yes, West Virginia. He was really, really talented. Comes to FIU now and, um, you know, has really proved his worth in fall ball. I mean, you look you look at the numbers. You can see it. He really was on a tear. Two home runs. You talk about the catch he made um, in the World Series. And now he brings that over now into fall. Um, he's another guy where he's an X factor. Another X factor because there's so many guys on the team where we saw a lot of the potential in fall ball. But it doesn't really count until we see what it looks like in the real game. But I'm, I'm excited to watch Austin Deering. He's a really, really down-to-earth, really, really good dude. All, all these guys are. Um, and yeah. that's another makes that team really interesting is, you know, the camaraderie within the I've seen within the dugout and the clubhouse. But uh, another guy, offensively, he can really hit. Um, defensively, has can, can really make some plays we, we've seen. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. And hopefully if, if he keeps it going um, in, in here early spring and winter. He'll be, able to, he'll be a starter come opening day. Followed up real quick with Jake Wansonith. This is your guy, Sanford, Stanford Riverat. Yeah, led, led, the, led the, the Florida League in steals. Or sorry, he led the, our team in steals. Kid named Gabe Santiago, he stole every single time he was on base. He was really good for Leesburg, but that's another story. No, but Jake Wansonith, I, I think the bat was going in the fall for him. I, I enjoyed watching him. He has the speed. He can be another platoon guy where, you know, have speed with Armando, but Jake one comes in, he can get on base hit. And, you know, if you put him in the nine hole, he can get on base, seal, seal something, you know, get the second, then you get the top of the order up with all these guys. So I'm so excited to see what the lineups are going to work for the Panthers because they have so much versatility and options, which um, is, is really good. You know, you want to have that competition. You want, you want options on your roster. And FI has a lot of question mark, which is a good thing for this team. because There's so many pieces offensively that will contribute um, this year. And with Smith, it's also a good defensive replacement too. Late in the game, yeah. he can play all three outfield spots oh, sure. extremely efficiently. So this is definitely a good profile player, and he's going to be here for a bit. So once some guys graduate, he could step in and you know he'll play or or even transfer portal. Uh, one of the guys I do want to address in the outfield, the last one. I mean, we'll quickly mention Jamel Vera. I don't think he's going to play too much. That's what I that's what I heard, and obviously there's my projection, Fred Becerra, uh, the core going from left. That's a good that's a good projection, Kevin. I like that. Yeah. So yeah, Joel, he, he, he certainly has a lot of room to grow. He's just a freshman. So that's why I'm kind of saying maybe he's not going to play much, but Hector Candelas, this is certainly a very fun player. He has the speed to get on base. And on top of that, look at those Juco numbers, 429, 524, wow. 742 with nine home runs, 70 RBIs. Jake really quick, because we got to get through these guys. Hector yeah. Candelas, this is one of the new guys on the FIE squad. He may see a lot of platoon action and right and left. I don't know. John, maybe you could tell me in a bit after Jake talks here, just the ability at center field. But I think FIU is really just doing very well in that spot. 
Yeah, having having outfielders who are uh, who have a very solid size and are very very fast are is very important for making sure that you have a reliable outfield that no matter what comes their way they can get to the ball and they can either uh, li- limit big offensive plays or they can just straight up get outs, which is of course very important. And you have a player like Candelas here who again uh, six foot uh, one ninety five pounds. That's that is a very very lightweight kind of player that you want there at, uh, at the outfield for those sort of instances. But yeah. Uh, like you mentioned, not a whole lot of not a whole lot of clips we can really say that we've seen from Candelis, but from what we have been able to see, I mean, he has been a very uh, reliable reliable player. That, uh, as as you mentioned, I don't know how much we can uh, we will see of him specifically. Like you mentioned, I, I I love the idea of a sort of a platoon player, especially during those Wednesday games, which of course FIU is going to have a lot of uh, to begin the season and then round it up. So. It'll be nice to see how he sort of meshes there, and and and, and again, the projected Kevin's projections, despite I, I how how good I think they are, are are not the lay, the land the lay of the land, right? They are not the law, and uh, Rich Witten's going to have his hands full finding out who he wants to go for that Long Island a Long Island game to begin this season. I think that's that's a good problem to have, right? Because you have so much talent that you need to distribute, and uh, re- regardless of who you go with, I think F, uh, FIU's outfield is going to be one of the better points of interest for this team. Yep. So next, I'll quickly run through the infield. Let's do first base really quick. The three of them on the roster Adrian Figueroa, Ryan Guido, which I'll let you talk about, Jake. Lots and, of experience here. And then Brylan West. So on the D1 baseball profile that they did, I won't mention too much of it, obviously, because it's behind a paywall. So I don't want to um, just throw everything out there. But paywalls are not good. Guida and West are, according to Rich Witten, the two most polished hitters on the team. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Johnny. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Adrian Figueroa, though, because his yeah. size is certainly what stands out. 6'5", one of the longer players, one of the longest first basemen I've actually seen in terms of arm length. Jake, what do you like about Adrian Figueroa? He's been here for a very long time, so you've been able to see him for, for, for a minute. <laughs> for, for a minute is an understatement, man. He is a uh, sort of a veteran sort of player for this team. And 2023, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I would go as far to say it was a breakout season for Figueroa, but it was another very reliable uh, a year to his time uh, as a Panther. Two home runs and two home runs. Not exactly the the sort of big bomb hitter, but he has very good at getting you either a single single or a double. Thirty three RBIs is, is is very solid, and he is a sort of a sort of a, a South Florida product from Doral Academy, like you had mentioned. He is just a very reliable player that we have seen a lot of action uh, 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 for years now because uh, since 2021, when he was a freshman, when when he was starting off with FIU, we saw a lot of him then. We're seeing a lot of him now, and it's nice that he's going to get that he's going to complete his career with FIU. He's one of those players that that are that that he is Mr. Reliable for FIU. One of those guys who you know you 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 can depend upon for the majority of the season. And then we get to Ryan, and I mean, what, what again? What can we not say about Ryan? He is. Again, one of the one of the faces. Uh, if, if you want to argue that Alex Sanchez was the face of FIU or let's say football baseball last season, I think Ryan could be the face of FIU baseball uh, uh, this season. And again, he's a very cool dude, huge hockey fan, which is which of course is uh, 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 great to see. And uh, of course, we've had him on the podcast before. We're probably going to have him on again, you know, because he is that kind of guy, right, Kevin? So, um, yeah. well, I mean, he, he, his hitting, he is as you mentioned. Probably the most consistent uh, hitter on the team has a very nice looking swing, and when he when he hits that ball, man, Jesus, eleven home runs, some very solid numbers, fifty RBS. I think he had that one stretch in in twenty twenty two where he had home run after home run after home run. 
he had a very, very phenomenal, uh, or not 2022, 2023 campaign. And, and of course the Valley league, he, uh, again, put up some very solid numbers there. So, I, you know, uh, you never want to guarantee who you think will be, uh, uh, the starters and feel super confident, but I feel like Guida at the DH is like it's a lock. It is absolutely a lock. He, he he's worked hard to uh, to get to this point. He is a lock for DH, and he's going to be a mention, very good DH. I didn't mention the fact that Guida could possibly see action at first base, something he did not do whatsoever in 2023. Really, but okay. Guida could see it during the midweeks, which would be huge, allowing you know kind of a rotating DH a little bit between Brylin. You can maybe see a little bit of Hector. Austin Deering there, so certainly would work out there. But Johnny, talk to us a little bit about Brylin West. Certainly one of the one of my favorite players on the team. One of the best personalities on this squad. Uh, we saw the TikTok that you did with him not too long ago. There, <laughs> I mean, look, and and yes. really, about every player, these guys are one of the nicest player people you will meet on the on the FIU campus. They're probably one of the nicest overall athletic teams in in the campus. And Johnny, you could attest to that. They're if there's one thing that FIU baseball is certainly trying to nail down, it is camaraderie and it is the chemistry that this team is building. And they certainly have done that this season. But talk to us about Brylin West as we are kind of wrapping up here. Yeah, I mean, I think Brylin is an ultimate really, really good guy. He said it in camaraderie. I think this team is, you know, from what I want to do, help, you know, tell their stories and promote them. They are always willing to be involved with anything. So even a corny tip that I, Instagram, Instagram I made yesterday, they're down to do it. But yeah, as a hitter, I mean, he had a cool story. Obviously, we had him on the podcast a couple of weeks, about a month ago, and talked about, you know, had no offers, no looks, and kind of had to prove his case and went the Juco route. He took the numbers, you know, 312, obviously not a whole lot of home, or this is a summer ball, you look at it. But ball, that's great numbers in summer ball, 33 RBIs. And that's a, a league in the Northwoods League, which is a grinding, you know, it's almost like minor league baseball. You play like what? I think 60 or 50, 40, 50 games. It's a lot of baseball, but he really, really showed it. Um, you know, he saw, we saw some power with him, and Coach Wooden alluded to it. He's a really polished hitter. Um, but I'm anxious to see what will, what will happen. You know, obviously, you know, we know Guida is going to be a starter. That's no doubt. But, you know, what else would FIU do? Obviously, we have Figgy, we have Brian West, but I think it'll be, well, it'll be interesting. But I'm excited to see Brian West out competing. Um, he, he, he can hit for sure. And defensively, he plays great first base. But uh, I'm excited to see how, how he'll hit. He's a, he's a great guy you can have in that, you know, five, six, seven. He kind of reminds me, you know, of, um, I, don't, I, I don't know who he reminds me of. Uh, okay. Jeez. All right. Maybe he's Tom soon. But I would say I like, I, I, he's a great hitter and uh, I want to see him ball out again. Great guy. Conference USA, um, I believe, made the uh, Conference USA all first freshman team, Royal and Cavedo. Uh, I think Roy's going to settle in at second. Obviously, as Coach Winton said, and that is my projection. It'll be Roy Cavedo at second base. Uh, he, he, I mean, uh, he struggled in his first year, but he did get on base a lot. But aside from that, uh, didn't get, you know, it, it was a tough, tough, tough stretch for for someone like Roy. But obviously, a freshman, he was put in that situation. A lot of injuries, specifically Stephen Odina, who went down, and he is now, I believe, at Arizona. So definitely a good spot for him. Um, certainly excited to see what Roy does. He says he has a lot more power in himself. He believes this is certainly one I want you to talk about, Johnny. I believe he's also from Israel. Chase Englehart, he's Jewish. No, he's Jewish. Yes, he is Jewish, not from Israel, but he is Jewish. Chilean as well, he's right? Jewish. One of the yeah, this, is, this is one of the crazy stories. He was a freshman All American. I mean, this is the best of the best 
and he's now here at FIU, so it certainly shows, I guess, the drop-off, unfortunately, but he is still a very talented player. We think he could be one of the best players on FIU, maybe one of the player, best players in the conference. The upside is there, so... Yeah, um, I yeah. like Chase a lot. I mean, obviously, you know, another another Jew, you know, he's a cool guy. Um, but um, I think for him, for Spit, you know, he had some injuries that kind of, you know, impacted him over the course of a couple of years, which kind of, you know, you know, kind of impacted him on the offensive side of the ball. But defensively, he's really, really good. Um, and I think he he's definitely aiming to get that third base spot. There's a lot of, a lot of you know, things that can happen. But I think he's a guy you look at. He has the talent. He has the tools. And, you know, what I've seen, he's getting back to that where he was, the freshman All-American and getting the bat back. But, uh, yeah, he's another guy I'm really excited to see um, coming into uh, donning the blue and gold. Yeah, um, let's continue on. Actually, I do want you to touch on a little bit on Andre Martinez. I know we've seen him a little bit at, uh, I believe, third base. So that is one of the spots at FIU that is certainly up for grabs. And that was another spot which actually was extremely hard for me to choose on. But Andre Martinez... Uh, at the University of Charleston, I believe this is a JUCO. I want to say, but no, Division Two. Oh, okay, nice. Division Two. Uh, three fifty-eight, four sixty-one, forty-one, nine forty-three, three homers. Not a power guy, certainly, and doesn't have the body for it either. But he's certainly more of a slap hitter, speedster. Another guy who should get a lot of midweek opportunities. Jake, if yeah. you want to talk a little bit. Um, on, on, cool on thing, stuff. he's coming back home. He's from. He went to Nova High School in Davie. Um, I talked to him about. He's really excited to come back to South Florida. Um, but yeah. A, He's back home, and you know, look at the numbers. It was really, really good um, in, in Division Two. Um, obviously, summer ball. You know, guys have their struggles, but another guy you, you can bring for, from a depth perspective, and you know, I'm all, another guy I'm intrigued to watch and how he competes uh, for time this year. Sammy Fisher. This is certainly a guy who made his his name for himself uh, during the Blue and Gold World Series game. Uh, I, he hit a home run, I believe, on the Saturday game. It was Oppo Field, Oppo yes. Taco. 6-2-197. Jake, this is just a freshman from Columbia, yeah. but there's a lot of upside for someone like Sammy Fisher who could build in more into his body and gain more power as we go. Yeah, no, absolutely. The fact that he's a freshman and he has those those uh, he is six foot two as a freshman, it's very interesting to see. And, and like you had mentioned that in, in, in this article, the midweek games are definitely one of those testing zones that we can see what the what 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 future lineups for FIU as the years go on could look like. And you have a player like Samuel, as as you say, Sammy Fisher, that absolutely hits uh, hits that bill. So, so uh, very what what are the more interesting? I want to say prospects, but players who might have a bright future for this team as the years go on. Yep, uh, and Fisher also could slot in at third, could slot in at first. I expect him to play a lot during the midweeks. I actually, I don't, I don't, I don't think he minds me saying this, but big shout out to Ryan Guida for helping me a lot with this article. Legend, legend, Ryan Guida. He will be on the podcast very soon. Uh, but yeah, he helped me a lot with the Sammy Fisher one. He gave me a lot of the info that is on this article, so I I appreciate him a lot, and I appreciate Johnny for also helping me out with this article. We did a lot of these projections, and, and I published it. And you published it. You edited yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you the, the props for that. Um, Matthew Corpus, he's been with FIU. Certainly got to root for. He's been dealing with a lot of injury. He's a super utility type of guy. Can play outfield and infield. Should be getting some midweek action. And then finally, Trayson Cameron. Uh, I'm very intrigued to see what Trayson Cameron could do. He's hitting 88-91 on the fastball, but he's topped out at 92. So he is a pitcher. Uh, he is a two, he's the only true two-way player on FIU's squad. Um, Johnny. This is a, someone who I'm actually very excited about. And when I was talking to Guida, 
he told me it's very likely we just see him stick at as a pitcher. But I mean, having that true two way guy certainly helps. And you're muted before we start talking. Yeah, I mean, he's an interesting guy. Another one that was highly recruited for FIU. Um, look at local pro or Vero Beach. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a two way guy. We saw him to pitch and hit in the, in the World Series. Um, but interesting to see. I mean, it'll be a pitcher. Uh, I, I like the two ways. It, it's something that I think what makes it unique in college is two ways are very, very normal. And it kind of, it kind of, that doesn't take its course until like when they go professional. But yeah, I'm excited to see what he can bring. I, he has a lot of potential as a freshman. I think he'll have a really good career here at FIU for sure. All right. Moving on to the pitchers. Well, starting project, my projections are Figgy at first, Roy Quevedo at second, Alex Uyoa at short. Chase Engelhard is the third baseman, and Ryan Guida will be the designated hitter. I love the combination of, of of newcomers and veteran players taking up most of taking up the infield. It's, it's oh my nice god! I'm an idiot. I didn't put Alex Uyo on the on the preview. What? <laughs> He's the one player I missed. Well, well, off the top of your head, what can you tell us about? Yeah, uh, great defensive shortstop, arguably the best defensive player on this roster. Man, there's no way I missed him. I thought I wrote about him first. Well, anyways, uh, I'll add him to the preview later. Uh, certainly a guy who I'm very high on. Uh, he was drafted by the Houston Astros in the fourth round of the draft. So, yeah. Um, I think we're going to end it here, Jake. We'll, we could do a part two another time. I was we'll... just about to mention that, Kevin. We This absolutely deserves a part two maybe next. I don't know when we'll get to it because we have a lot of awesome guests lined up. But you know what? Uh, it, it's fun to talk a bit about baseball. Obviously, there's still some time before we get to the, the baseball season. Of course, maybe we can, I don't know, go over the rest of, progress the list with maybe a player or two. Of course, you have uh, Ryan Guida, who you spoke of. We still we'll need get to on. get uh, You know what? Let's do this. Let's get Guida on as one of the next guests, like like right away. Johnny? Sure. Sure. SID for baseball. So, uh, no, no, absolutely. I, I agree. Um I think we're also going to have some amazing guests next week in the basketball side of things. We don't want to reveal too much. We have some we have some great ideas and um yeah. Uh boy, it's an hour and we we are just about 90 minutes in here folks, but Johnny's only been on for like what 30 40 minutes. Uh it feels like more, I'll say that. Alrighty, folks, let's wrap it up here. Men's basketball tomorrow. I will be there with Jake uh, Alex Krutchuk will be there. I will be there. Johnny. And you all have to wish Kevin a very happy birthday. What could be a better present than an FIU win taking on the New Mexico State Aggies at 7 p.m.? Should be a fun one. If y'all, if you want to say hey, if you want to wish Kevin happy birthday, get him some free food because you know it's his birthday. <laughs> but uh, we'll be happy free food. don't yeah. worry. Be oh, by the way, I am coming prepared. Hey, look at this, Kevin. Oh yeah! Wow! All righty. So, plans uh, up too. Don't worry. I got a gift for you too. Oh, Johnny's also gonna fight so, me in. Is he gonna fight me in A Street? Unfortunately, there's, there's no better than A Street. I don't think there's a um. Better there's not a an FIU game during my birthday, which is only a few. What it's 19 days away on the 29th. So uh, crazy. Both of our birthdays in January. So uh, Johnny, when's your birthday again? My birthday is February 21st next month. They're all relatively close to each other. Yeah, right. Realize we're all this. winter. We're all winter birthdays. February twenty first. It's January, February birthdays are, are elite. They're elite. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's wrap it up here. Johnny, okay. Jake, myself, Alex Krutchik is going to be there tomorrow. Keyshawn Fred's going to be there. Carlton Gillespie is going to be there. It's going to be a fun night at FIU men's basketball. As always, and we always do it. Pause up. Pause up.